Okay, people, so it's that time for our regular installment of Echo Chamber. Just taking a little bit of a break from the festival stuff, you know what I mean? Just to get this out into the world. And we've got five films for you this week, right? But before we get into the films, let's take a look at the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 6th to the 8th of October. So at number 8, sorry, at number 10 even, why would we start at 8? We got Blackberry. This is the new film from Matt Johnson, who co-wrote it with Sean Slickoff and Jackie McNish. It's starring Jay Bachanel, Glenn Horton, Matt Johnson, Kelly Van der Berg, Gregory Ambrose Calderon, Laura Chazit, Martin Donovan. Right? At number nine, it's A Little Life. This is from Ivan Van Hoof, who co-writes with Hanya um Yana Gahana and Cohen Tatchelet stars James Norton, Luke Thompson, Omari Douglas, Zach White, Elliot Cowan, Zubin Zala, Natalie Arman, and Emilio Dongahashi. So at number eight is the old oak. This is the new Ken Loach film, written by Paul Laberty, starring Trevor Fox, Debbie Honeywood, Neil Liger, Dave Turner, Ruben Bainbridge. Our number seven film this week, people, is The Nun 2. <laughs> so Michael Chavs directs Akila Cooper, Richard Nang, and Ian Goldberg-Wright. Starring Tiasa Farmiga, Jonas Bluke, Storm Reed, Anna Popplewell, Bonnie Arons, Caitlin Rose Downey. Right. At number six, it's The Equalizer 3. Ant- Antonio Farouk, Directs Richard Lindholm, Michael Sloan, and Richard Wenk. Write the script. So we got Denzel Washington, Dakota Fanning, uh, Eugenio Mastoradra, David Deneman, Gaia Scolararo, all doing their thing. So we're now into the top five. And at number five, it's Kenneth Branagh's A Haunting in Venice. So he directs, Michael Green adapts the classic Agatha Christie story. Branner also stars along with Michelle Yu, Jamie Doman, Tina Fey, Dylan Corbett Bader, Amir El Masi, Ricardo Sacamico, um, Fernando Pilio. All right, and number four is The Great Escaper. Oliver Parker directs William Ivory Wrights, starring Michael Caine, Glenda Jackson, Wolf Carla, Carlos Pierre, John Standings. 
at number three. It is the new installment in the Saw franchise. It's Saw 10. Okay, so Kevin Grulert directs Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg Wright, Tobin Bell, Shawnee Smith, Stephen Brand, Sinov Mercado Lund, Michael Beach, Renetta Vaca, all star. At number two, oh man, I do want to see this. It's Gareth Edwards' latest. It's the creator. He co-write with Chris Whites, starring John David Washington, Melinda Young Velez, Gemma Chan, Alison Janney, Ken Watanaba, Sturgill Simpson, Amar Chanda Patel. That's a good cast. And at number one, another franchise piece. This time it's The Exorcist Believer. Okay, so David Gordon Green directs. He's co-writes with Peter Stuller and Scott Teams. Starring Elaine Bursting, Jennifer Nettles, and Dodd Leslie Odom Jr., Raphael Sharg, Olivia O'Neill, Lydia Jouet, EJ Bonilia. So, people, that is our top 10. Now, it's time to get into this week's films. Okay, people, let's start part one off with the new Netflix joint. It is Ballerine. Okay, people, so Netflix have got a new film called Ballerina. It's a South Korean film, right, which is written and directed by Chong Hong Lee. The film is produced by Ji Young Choi, executive produced by Sang Min Bain. Um, Lee Sang Hua handles the music. Uh, and our cast, now, there's not a whole lot of uh, information, um, actually, I might find more here, not really, uh, so Jang ok is played by Jong Joy-Soo, um, Choi Pro is played by Kim Jae-Hon, Choi Min Hee is played by Park Yu Rim. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, as I said, the listing is pretty bleak on that one. So the gist is grieving the loss of a best friend. She couldn't protect an ex-bodyguard sits out to fulfill her dear friend's last wish. Sweet revenge. So, initially, when I saw this listed months back, like, I think it was earlier in the year, or it could have been end of last year, I thought this was the uh, John Wick spin-off. I was like, oh, shit, they signed it over to uh, Netflix? Interesting, you know? And then I realized, oh, 
it's not the same film, right? God damn it. And, you know, a ballerina assassin, it's not a unique idea. But you, you do then think, because the John Wick films are so successful, have other people thought, oh, let's do this thing as well. Let's try and, you know what I mean? Use that momentum. And this, yeah, like, there's some decent, you know, Korean films on Netflix, some that work for me, some that don't. This one, I don't know, like there's action and all, but it's not done in a way where you can believe it, right? Because, and I've said this so many times, there's films where you've got a female protagonist kicking ass, which is fine, but they make it make sense, right? I just remember um, Kate, that was a Netflix joint, right? The fights in there, they made more sense, right? Because she she couldn't get into an out-and-out out brawl, right? Having to use someone's body weight, you know, if she got hit, that took a big toll. And that that's, that's the thing, right? Because in this, you've got the, this girl getting headbutt, headbutt, like punched full in the face. By huge guys, and it's it's not gonna work, right? It is it's gonna like getting punched in the face will fuck a lot of people up, right? It will at least stun you, especially if you're not used to that shit. But yeah, when you've got a man and a woman, it's it's the reason why men and women do not box or do martial arts against each other, right? Why you've got separate divisions for that shit. So when you have it in a film and the person, they're not really stunned and they're fighting seconds later, you just, you just roll your eyes. You're just like, what, what are we doing here? You know? And there's just too many instances where a character will give just a ridiculous amount of time, right? There's no need to give, if you're walking into a situation where the odds are stacked against you, right? There's, I don't know, 30 to one. You're not gonna stand around and um, give a, a long silicu to the people, right? You're gonna take motherfuckers out. Because you need to clear that fucking room before anyone gets an opportunity to get hands on you, you know? So it's just those things you're like, yo, what are we doing here? Right, so something bad happens to this girl, right? She's a ballerina, she calls her friend. Now, we're told that this, you know, girl is a, a, our protagonist is an ex-bodyguard, but the way she says it, it, she wasn't just a bodyguard, 
right? It, the way she talk, says it, you're like, okay, she was an assassin for hire, something like that. Right, that that that's the thing because otherwise you'd just be like, oh yeah, no, I'm a but. It's just like, I mean, I I guess you could say I was a bodyguard. You know, it's just that bullshit, right? So that's what we're being told. Um, now it, you see that they haven't spoken for a while, right? Haven't spoken for a while, um, but she goes to see her we do have this big fight scene at the beginning in a news agent's convenience store i guess over there yeah so we have that to show how kind of tough this chick is and all of that which is fine that one you know that that fight was more like okay fine you know I mean, it was a ridiculous situation, but you're just like, okay, whatever, whatever. But yeah, so they haven't spoken for a while. Now we don't know how how long, right? What the what the time difference has been, but it's just been. So, right when she gets to the house, she finds some stuff out, and it's just like, oh shit, okay, I need to go do this thing. I need to get revenge. But again, she's meant to have all this training. No prep. Absolutely no sort of prep or anything like that. It's just, oh, I'm going to do. And, you know, there's some sort of plan to get into the influence of someone. But, yeah, no prep. And it's just like. Wouldn't you give it, you know, at least a day just to reconnoiter, right? Just to kind of assess, because you need to know, does this person know how to fight? Do they have weapons on them? Do they have bodyguards? You know, what's the security like? Just all of these things. So it's just a whole heap of situations. And you just think, I mean, this doesn't make any sort of sense. Right, there's no way anyone is surviving, you know, just walking out with no cover, and you're just like, with all the lights on in the spot, you're telling me no one is seeing this girl do this shit. No one is supposedly seeing her. You're yeah, it's I felt it was a little odd, you know what I mean? Ain't gonna lie, felt this was a little it is, you know, as I said, it's a shame because there have been, right, there, there definitely have been um, films of this ilk, you know, like Korean, Japanese, Chinese, just, you know, these different types of films that I thought, yeah, that was all right. That was, that was like crazy, you know, sometimes they're crazy. But you're just like, okay, but yeah, no, I can deal with that. That was that was fun enough, you know? Which is, it doesn't always have to be, you know, this really uh, elaborate story. Doesn't always have to be that. It can be a bit silly. It can be a bit over the top. You know what I mean? I don't mind that kind of thing, 
but you just want there to be a semblance of sense, right? You just want some things to be like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that going down like that, right? I can see how you get from that to that. You know what I mean? Just some, ah. But yeah, there is, I mean, for me anyway, people, right? There's, you know, there's definitely going to be peoples that enjoy this, you know, which is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine, you know? But yeah, I just, I could not vibe with it. Could not vibe with it. I'm thinking, you know, like if you like Zoom 100, right? Alice in Borderland, all of that kind of jazz, I think this could possibly work for you, you know? Yeah, I, I think if they're your jam, this should be fine. So, yeah, it's on Netflix. And it's not the John Wick spin-off. Just two important things to know. All right. But yeah, ballerina. So we have a prime video exclusive. It is total, totally killer. Okay, so Totally Killer is the new Prime original, right? I, you know, I figured I would check this out because I enjoyed Sabrina. Well, mm, I think I enjoyed the first two seasons. The last season wasn't great. But, yeah, so I thought Kierman Shipka was very good in it. So I saw she was in this and I figured, hey, let me give it a watch, right? So it's directed by Nanachachka Khan, written by David Matalon, Sasha Pearl Raver, and Jen D'Angelo. It is produced by Jason Bloom, Greg Gilreff, Adam Hendricks. It is executive produced by Chloe Yellen, Brian Leslie Parker, Chris McCucumber, Natachka Khan, Jeremy Gold, Chris Dickey. It's co-produced by Kyle Chalmers and Adam Orozio. So Michael Andrews handled the music, Judd Overton, cinematography, Jeremy Cohen edits the piece, Sarah Dumalindo and Terry Taylor were on casting duties, Liv Kay, production design, art direction is Andy Amoroso, set decoration is Tamara Gaffer, Costume design is Patricia J. Henderson. And our cast. Well, Kiernan Skipka is Jamie Hughes, right? 
Um, who is it? So then we've got Blake, her dad. So um, Lachlan Monroe plays the adult version. Charlie Gillespie, the teenage version. Right, so we have then got, um, hmm, um, okay, so, wait, is, gosh, there's so many, this is the adult version and the kid version, it's trying to, like, keep everything, um, in check, right? Um, okay, so, um, I think her mum is Pam, I believe, so that's played by Olivia Holt, right, and the teenage version is played, hmm, actually, no, Pam, yes, no, the, 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 that's the teenage version, right? The adult version is Pam Hughes, played by Julie Bowen. Whew, okay. We've got Sheriff Cara Lim, played by Patty Kim. Um, Randy Fink, played by Tommy Europe. Coach Zane, played by Amy Goodmurphy. Principal Doug Summers, played by Conrad Coates. Mr. Parr, played by Andy Thompson. Norm Dubas, played by Fred Henderson. There's Lone, played by Pam Kearns. Teen Eddie Royal, played by Tate Sherman. Uh, Pam's mum is played by Eliza Nurbury. So that's the uh, Pam Miller version, right? We've got um, Sheriff Beasley, played by Brittany Welton. Um, other Sheriff, played by Sharuk Ferdozi. Okay, so we've got... Do, 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 do. The adult version of Lurch, played by Brendan O'Brien. Um, the adult Lauren Creston, played by Kimberly Huey. The teen Chris Dubas, played by Nicholas Lloyd. The teen Lurch, played by Zachary Gibson. Randall Park is Sheriff Dennis Lim. So that's um, Cara Lim's dad. We've got Team Doug Summers, played by Nathaniel Appa. Uh, Team Randy Fink, played by Jeremy Mondisnu. Uh, Team Cara Lim, played by Ella Choi. Heather Hernandez, played by Anna Diaz. Marissa Song, played by Steffi Chin Salvo. Amelia Creston, played by... Kelsey Miwama, um, the teen Lauren Creston is played by Troy Lee Ann Johnson. 
Um, yeah, I think that's it. It's all very confusing. There's so many different people up in this. Um, yeah, anyway. The gist of the story is this. When the infamous Sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. So, it's not an accident. She deliberately goes back in time to save someone. So I do not even know why they threw in accident, because that's just baffling people, baffling. Anyway, you know, I, I will say at the beginning, I've, it did seem that they were going to try and approach this in a logical fashion, right? So, you know, like people had been taking self-defense after the first spree, Right. So they were prepared and like the person they, you know, the killer attacks in current time has mad weapons all taped around the house. So you're just like, OK, boom, people being, you know, that makes more sense. Now, the actual death itself, it's again one of those ones where it's just like you could have got away right, or they do something, but for whatever reason, they kind of stick or stop, and it's just like, hmm, so that happens, then suddenly this whole time machine appears, and it's just like, there's usually in those films, it's a curse, lightning, something goofy that sends someone back, but this one, they're just like, oh yeah, I've been inventing a time machine, and you're just like, what? But it's accepted. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no, shut the fuck up. No, you haven't. It's just like, oh, how's a time machine coming? And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so there's that. And then when, you know, when Jamie goes back in time, so now she's in the 80s. Something that got a bit irritating was the whole, oh, you can't say that thing. Oh, that's not a good thing to say. And it's just like, yeah, it's the 80s, man. Everything was crazy. And it's also, it's just like, you're making yourself stand out, right? The goal is to kind of befriend people so you can help stop a thing. but the whole approach was just insane. You know, it, it's just, firstly, it's going, oh, yeah, so this person will kill you, and then you, and then you, this is, wait, what? You know, and the excuse that she gives, it's not believable, because, you know, everything she says kind of doesn't work out. So you're kind of scratching your head a bit with a lot of this. And then it kind of just results to the typical stupid, goofy get slasher film. Because, you know, they do things where it makes no sense. 
right? It, it's just like they'll leave someone in a room on their own. You know, they tell a girl, oh, just walk to this place and we'll be there to protect you. But it's just like, okay, you know the route should be going. Have people all along the route if you're doing that. Right? There, there's just ways of going about it. So it was just like, oh, come on. Come on. Like, and they throw in a twist at the end, which is not really a twist. It's still a bit just like, oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> it's just kind of stupid. Oh, now, I, I did think the whole time travel repercussion thing, that wasn't bad, but it's more of a throwaway. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. It just got real goofy. But I mean, listen, here's the thing. If you like stuff like Killer Book Club, right, Scream and all of those type of films, I think this will probably work out fine for you, you know, because it's not like it's going against any of the rules those type of films have set, you know, so... If they're your thing, it follows those rules, right? It's not any less goofy than those films or any more goofy than those films. So, yeah, I kind of feel if this team slasher is your thing, totally killer, that will, you know, that will be fine because it's, yeah, it's just one of them films, you know, like the acting isn't terrible, but it's not incredible. I mean, the story's terrible, you know, like everything else is fine. But I, I do feel, it, you know, especially with the big reveal kind of thing, it was a little lazy with that stuff. Because I think there, there was a way of kind of keeping it so you, you were just guessing. But they, they their approach is just completely deny it, right? And show things so it's not that. And then they're like, oh, no, it is because of this. And you're just like, well, I think you have to plant those seeds, you know, otherwise it's just a MacGuffin, right? It's just a loose machina that you're throwing in there. But yeah, it's on Prime. As I said, it's a Prime original. So it's on Prime. So if this seems like it's something for you, there you go. It's not as good as those first two seasons of Sabrina. I'll just let you know that. In my opinion. That is, because you know, horror and slashes, they're not my cup of tea, really. Though I do tend to look at a lot, right? It's just the nature of things, man. The shit that gets sent through, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, if slashes, teen slashes are your thing, totally killer. You'll like it, probably, most likely. Hmm, there you go. And new on Disney Plus, we have got Haunted Mansion.
Okay, people. So, Haunted Mansion has just hit Disney Plus. So, I figured I would give it a look. Okay. It is directed by um, Justin Simeon, written by Katie Dippolode. The film is produced by um, Jonathan Erich, Dan Lin, executive produced by Tom C. Pitzerman, Nick Reynolds, co-produced by Laurie Korngabellel, and associate produced by David H. Vengahas Jr. Chris Bowers handled the music, Jeffrey Waldron, cinematography, Philip P. Bartell edits the piece, while Carmen Cuba is on casting duties. Production design is Darren Guilford. Art direction is Laurel Bergman, Sean D. Bronson, Kirsten Maloney, Carla Martinez, Tom Retta, and Brian Stoltz. Set decoration is Victor J. Zolfo. Costume design is Jeffrey Curland. Okay, so our cast. Well, we have got Lakeith Stanfield as Ben Mathias. All right. Um, actually, yes, and Alicia is played by Charity Jordan. Okay, so Gabby is played by Rosario Dawson. Um, do, 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 do. Her son, Travis, is played by Chase Dillon. We've got Tiffany Haddish as Harriet. Owen Wilson as Father Kent. Danny DeVito is Bruce Davis. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, I feel we're probably on to ghosts now. Madam Liata is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Crump is played by Jared Leto. William Gracie is played by J.R. Aduki. Mariner Ghost is played by Creek Wilson. Hatchet Ghost is played by Ben Bladon. The Bride is Lindsay Lamb. Um, Ezra is Fedor Steer. Phineas is Terence Rosemore. Gus is Mike Benitez. Eleanor Gracie is played by Erica Coleman. Um, we've got Joe Coy as the daytime barman. All right. We've got... Roger is played by Steve Zissis. John is Hector, played by Hector Machado. The Carols on the tour are played by Kathy Callahan and Mary Lou Henno. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, you know, our main lot of cast, really. The gist is this, a single mum named Gabby hires a tour guide, a psychic, 
a priest and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after discovering it is inhabited by ghosts. So, yes, that is Haunted Mansion. I've never actually been to Disney, right? So I don't know what the actual ride is like. I know it's full of ghosts, right? Because it's a Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Now, I think this starts off nicely, right? It's how Ben meets Alicia, you know? And I thought that was real nice. After that, you know, it's fine because we see Gabby and um, Travis go to the mansion and then realize it's being haunted. And that's all fine, right? I feel that there's the film could have worked out, you know? I think the film could have worked out, but they just try to put too much stuff in it. It's just over two hours, right? It's 123 minutes, and it did not need to be that long. It didn't need to be that long. When I found out Katie Dippold wrote the script, I feel that, you know, it says a lot. And it's not saying she's a horrible writer or anything like that, but she did write that Ghostbusters reboot, you know, the female Ghostbusters. And elements of what was wrong with that are wrong with this. In the fact is, it tries too hard and tries to put too much into one thing. You know? Like, there's this terrible, terrible scene where they do these egg jokes. And it it just felt so forced. You know what I mean? It just felt way too forced. Like, the scene at the beginning between Ben and Alicia, and she's like, what do you do? And he's telling her, and then she's just like, oh, I do it. That felt more natural, right? And I think when it's just easygoing, then this works. But when they try and fall so much stuff there, that's when this film stumbles, you know? Because you've got this whole mansion, which firstly, firstly, here's the thing, right? Gabby is a single mum. How the fuck is she affording that man? Because, you know, she's a... I think she's a a surgeon or a doctor, something along those lines, which is a good job. Still not enough to be able to buy that mansion. And I don't think, maybe I missed it, I don't think it was ever explained how the fuck she got that spot, right? Now, you need to explain how a single mum's getting that kind of spot, right? Because it's just like, huh? And then... How, like, you know, she wanted to turn it into a and b but just them on their own, they are not going to be able to handle that as a and b right? So there's just that kind of part of the story. Man, it, it, it's, it's like built on quicksand, 
right? It, it's ludicrous. It makes no sense. So you're at a deficit from the beginning. They try and force this other thing in where um, the delivery people are four hours behind. And it's just like, firstly, it's not needed. You know, it's, it's just not needed. Don't throw that shit in there because it was weak. It was a horrible, like, joke kind of thing. It was, just, ah, it was bad. It was bad. Then you've just got um, all of these people, you know, that they're trying to get to help to fix this issue with the house. But, it, you know, it could have been better right it, it could have been handled better right because it's just the whole oh we couldn't stop um oh what's his name in this one uh bruce getting in the house right it was just silliness even when ben goes there initially it was just stupid Right there, there was just the setups for all of that happening. I mean, it doesn't necessarily work, and then they're in this house, but they're given information on what you know why ghosts are there. But still, even after that, even after oh, the only the ghosts that are here are ghosts that are people that you know, were troubled, right, weren't happy, not content, right, anyone else, if someone was good, they passed on, they're happy, they're good, right, but after having that information, we still get two sequences where someone is supposedly tricked, and you're just like, how could you be, right, it made no sense, Right, it just made no sense, right? And and still, you have them harking to something, to this thing, which is just a hey. another thing that wasn't really addressed. Why the fuck is Travis in a suit? Right? Why is Travis in a suit? It just seems a silly affectation to add, right, just for some optics situation, right, just be like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if the kid, little kid's in the suit, why though, you've got to give a rationale for that, and they did not give a rationale for that, they just didn't, it just becomes this stupid thing, right, and it just detracts, so that's the issue with a lot of these things. There's an issue with Ghostbusters. You know, you want to try and add too much to the pot. When, keep it simple, you got a tasty meal, but you're throwing too much in, and then someone's just like, I, I mean, it's, I don't even know what this is. There is, you know, all of these flavors, and they just do not go together. Man, they just don't go together. And that's the thing. The, all these flavors didn't go together. Because, you know, you've got this haunted house and then you're throwing in the, all of these other elements. That, oh, 
and they're haunted because this happened and then this happened. So the ghosts are you're just like, yo, boy, okay, way to make it so complicated. Doesn't have to be that complicated. And remember, this is based on a haunted house, right? So, hey, no one's going to buy this overcomplicated. Like, the only other way, if you really want to throw in magic, you don't make it this type of film. You make it a straight-up horror, right? You make it a straight-up horror. You know, like a barbarian-type film. Then, yeah, you can have, you know, all of this other stuff. But when you're trying to do this family comedy, man, you just overcomplicated it all. You know, and having to use all of this CGI. You know, some of it looked okay. Some of it just looked way too fake, way too crazy, you know, which... uh, yeah, a problem, and it's just a length, it's just too, just too long, you know, you're throwing in the mood music, which is always irritating, you know, like, as I said, there's, it starts off okay, starts off okay, but you just watered it down, you watered it down, added too much stuff in there, and it just becomes this mess. Just becomes a mess. You know? Right? The the whole Ben story is just, you know, all over the place. Just all over the place. You know? And they don't show people getting over grief in a sensible way. It's always just goofy. Right? And you'll have someone grieving all film, and then at the end, all of a sudden, they're ready to move on to something else. And you're just like, well, that was quick. Right? Supposedly, they've been grieving for years, but jump, boom, just like that. Now they're ready to jump on something else. You know what I mean? It's just, come on, man. We need to do better. We need to do better. But... I would say, oh, yeah, that's it, because I was like, I referenced something, what did I just reference? Yeah, if you liked um, Ghostbusters, right, if you liked the female Ghostbusters, if you liked that last Fletch film, you know, that's the kind of thing, If if you're a fan of those films, I think Haunted Mansion could well work for you. You know what I mean? Just just that goofiness. Like the house party, recent house party film. The, um, oh, what was that one? And they did it 30 years later. Disenchanted. I think that was it. Right. Those films, if those films work for you, then, uh, yeah, I think you will enjoy Haunted Mansion. But, uh, yeah, 
you, you, you know, you can't expect anything, you know, just, uh, just something that's logical and just <laughs> like, oh, you know, something like we have a ghost that Netflix film again, that's something that's also very much in the same vein as this. If you want a good haunted mansion one, go with the Muppets. You know what I mean? You never go wrong with the Muppets, people. But yes, this is the 2023 Haunted Mansion now on Disney Plus. Our penultimate film in part one is the new Shudder exclusive. It's the Puppet Man. Okay, people, so Shudder have a new original hitting on Friday, and it is called The Puppet Man. This is from Brandon Christiansen, who co-writes with, um, I assume it's his brother, Ryan Christiansen, okay? The film is produced by Matt Manjadiers. And Justin A. Martell, executive produced by James Norrie, co-produced by Cigar Dixon, and line produced by Mac Cappuccino. Clayton Moore handles the cinematography. Brandon Christian also is on editing duties. Casting was by David Guglielmi Lemo, Frank Coppola handles production design, Mallory Mordaunt, set decoration, costume design is from Jessica Wegerson, hair and makeup, we have Eric S. Wilson, Megan Norris, Kyra McPherson, and Kelsey Jean, and our cast. Well, we have got... Um, Dum, dum, dum. Well, hmm. The shudder. Ah, okay. Yeah. The listings can be very bad for these things, but Michael is played by Alison Gorski. Right. Her um, best friend Charlie is played by Angel Pratter. We then got. Um, Galen, played by Carmen Wong. Danny, played by Keo Seer. Joe, played by Anna Telfer. Um, Carter, played by Jason Ferrion. Uh, there are friends. Then there's Ruby, the clairvoyant, played by Karen Richman. Uh, Detective Al, played by Michael Pear. Uh, you've got the Prison Doctor, played by Curtis Arnie. Right. Oh, a young Michael, played by Natalie Metz. Um, the Prison Guards, played by Sean C. Saunders. And Joshua Cole. Uh, yeah. That is 
that's it. I believe. Oh, and David played by David Michael's dad, played by Zachary L. V. Um, they don't have her mum. I don't believe. Yeah, listings are very odd. The gist of the film is this. The puppet man, a convicted killer on death row, always maintained his innocence and that it was an evil force controlling his body as he slaughtered his victims. Now, Michael, the killer's daughter, begins to suspect that there may be some truth to her father's claim. When those around her begin to die in brutal ways, she must try and break the curse of the puppet man before all her loved ones are killed. Well, the the weird thing about this is, I think as far as we're aware, only there's only one killing. Right? There's there's not a spat of killings. There's only one killing that this puppet man does. So it's all very hmm. Yeah. Another thing about this film, which I did not know, and it, it's not really a big thing about the it's not a big thing about the film at all. No spoiler here, but I didn't know Michael would be short for Michaela, right? I've known Michaela's, none of them have ever gone by Michael. Right, it does seem like I don't know if I'm shortening Michaela to Mike because you're not really shortening. It's not really short. <laughs> You've just taken the A off, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah, I don't know. It seems an odd one, but anyway, this film ah, there's there's a lot that is done here to create the situation but i think that there is also a lot that we wonder about you know um from huh, um yo my mind's just gone blank i've lost where i'm going uh god damn it i hate when that shit happens anyway people um yeah, there just seems, a, there's a lot of things going in this film to take it to a place. But the logic of those things doesn't necessarily always make sense, right? It, it's just, there's an initial argument. Well, just one thing, just off the bat, the, the, the beer situation, the whole getting beer, beer's if what initially happens happens, they're not getting beer, right? Then the, the the rationale that we're given, it would make no sense because no one's going to buy it. That So there's that. But on the actual film film shit, right, we have got just things that go down, like on the roof, the, uh, the, the first kind of big, crazy situation with um an argument between everyone and the fact that they were um charlie revealed some stuff to her boyfriend right which i mean that's always a 
if you've got a secret and you've told someone, they are most likely always going to be telling their partners. It's always the thing. So you, you have to kind of be like that. But it's what my man says makes no sense in the context that these are meant to be friends, right? There's things that you say to, um, you know I mean, be like when you're roasting someone and, you know, I mean, you're throwing some jabs, you know what I mean? But playful. The, the way this dude is going, it's weird, right? All the comments are just weird. So you have that situation. Then we have a crazy thing go down. Everyone is standing close by, right? And I'm I was just like, when you first see this thing, you're just like, firstly, they're close enough to stop it. And why wouldn't you? You know, it makes no sense that no one would intervene. And that's the big thing. There's a lot of things that happen, but it doesn't really make any sense that no one is like, oh, shit, let us stop that. Or we should all be here. You know, someone gives some information to one of the characters. And then, right, they, they say something, right, which obviously is code. But the person's acting like, huh, wait, how can you say that? And I'm just like, you were just told <laughs> the rationale like a second beforehand. It, it, like everyone seems stupid or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't understand. And it really makes no sense, right? It, it just doesn't really make any sense. And I think that's the, the big thing. And, and we run across this a lot in not just horrors, right, but thrillers and dramas, right, to have the story get to a certain point you have to go through all of this stuff. Like when someone's like, oh, I can't tell anyone. And it's just like, well, you could, because no one's going to know. Like you could easily inform people, but for some weird reason, they don't, right? And, uh, you know, that's the big thing with this. Like everyone, they see something crazy. And it's one of those ones, again, where you don't just all stick together right? Don't just stick together. You wonder, because there's the kind of thought that it can only happen when some, a certain person is in the vicinity. But then we have things go down when that person isn't around. So you're just like, wait, what's going on here? Right, because in the setup to everything, the rules are if that person is there, then shit can go down. But if they're not, it sh everything should be fine. Right, which then makes you go, then what's going down with these two situations? 
right? The fact that something is sent to someone, you just think it's kind of reckless, right? You, you'd you say, send a letter, uh, you know what I mean? And be like, read this, don't open the other thing yet, right? Read this letter, because no one will know what this letter is, you know? To do the other thing, you should be, you should do this to keep yourself, like, that's what you think should have happened. So you just have these odd things going down, and it, it just, yeah, again, just makes no sense. You know, and the end, it's fine, right, to be like, ah, yeah, we're going to do this clever thing, but they didn't give any hint on that that process was actually a thing, right? And if that process was a thing, you'd think, well, it, surely it would have been mentioned before, right? And they could have had an, like, if they had tried to do this thing several times and they couldn't, and then at the end they did it, you'd be like, okay. But the fact that it's not mentioned and then in the last, you know, few minutes, it all goes, he's like, what? You know, it's just a little unsatisfying, you know? I think the best performance in here is probably from, I would say, um, Michael Pear, right? Uh, a lot of the other people, they're fine. But it's not crazy convincing. Like, I will, no, actually, I'll say Angel Pratter is good as Charlie. But there's a lot of performances that it's fine, but you're not necessarily convincing me that you're this or you're that, you know? Like, Karen, Karen Richmond doesn't do a bad clairvoyant, but yeah, I mean, probably her situation is more script than performance, but yeah, I don't know, people, I, I just wasn't that sold on this one, unfortunately, and yeah, there just seemed to be just a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of issues with, you know, the story and being able to kind of believe that these things are happening or could be going down, you know, which is a shame. It's a shame. I, yeah, I can't really, I mean, there's a load of, I, I would say, um, kind of horror stuff that, is a little bit unsatisfying, you know? Like, not the, the last of the most recent VHS, VHS 85, that we looked at last week. That was great. I would say the one before VHS, I think that was 95, right? That one, I would say, there was that some of those stories were unsatisfying. So, yeah, I'd say if you enjoyed that, then this could work. Like, bad things that we looked at maybe a month ago, month and a half, 
there were definitely things in that story that, you know, could have been stronger. So, yeah, I would say if you enjoyed bad things, then maybe the puppet master will work for you. Or stuff like unwelcome, you know? So that's our barometer here. But, you know, maybe you enjoyed those films, so you will want to check out The Puppet Master. And it is hitting Shudder on Friday the 13th. So, uh, yeah, there you go, people. Just my thoughts on The Puppet Master. And we're going to close part one with Signature's new film, Dangerous Waters. Okay, people. So, Signature have just hooked me up with Dangerous Waters. This is the new film from John Barr. Right, he wrote, directed, um, Mark Jackson co-wrote it with him, okay, it is produced by Mark Goldberg, Sousa Horvat, um, executive produced by Gareth Williams, David Sullivan, Christian Mercury, Richard Condal, Sarah Gabriel and Patrick Fisher. It is co-produced by Pedro Catran, uh, Franco Herrera, Ivan Herrera, Ben Jacks, Brianna Johnson, Michael McGrail, and John Rusk. So, Zach McNeil handles the music. John Barr also does cinematography. It's edited by Emma Gaffney and Roger Cropel. Tanis Vallelie is on casting. Alan Pefferick is production design. Costume design is Charlotte Chadwick. Hair and makeup, we have Carrie Williams and Catherine Feltz. Um, and our cast. All right, so we have got Adaya, Ad, Adaya Rush, I think, as Rose, right? Um, Saffron Burrows is her mother, Alma. Alma's new boyfriend, Derek Stipes, is played by Eric Dane. Uh, we have got Salah Baker as John. Omid Zadar is a henchman named Kevin. Talia Besson is Tabitha. Uh, Ray Egohanyan is Larry the henchman. Alexia Garcia is Roberta, the henchwoman. Um, mm, mm, mm. And Ray Liotta is the captain. Right, the gist of the movie is this. A sailing adventure to 
Bermuda spirals out of control when 19-year-old Rose discovers the hidden depths of her mother's new boyfriend and his connection to a dark underworld led by the captain. So this was actually the very last film Ray Liotta shot. Right? He, he died in his sleep during shooting of this film. So, yeah, I mean, he is kind of menacing, yeah, kind of deranged and menacing in this role, right? So it starts off, right, basically, Alma, she works hard as a waitress, you know, on her feet, and it's her birthday, right? She's just turned 40. She's got a 19-year-old daughter, um, you know, yeah, she's got this 19-year-old daughter who is um, Rose, and, uh, you know, they, they've just looked after each other, basically, through the last few years. Now, Alma has got a new boyfriend, Derek, who has said he was going to take them on a sailing trip to Bermuda. Right, and they go. Now, I think they've been dating a month, right? Which, to go on a sailing trip with someone, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing. And also, like, if there's two people, okay, fine. Free on a boat. It's not a huge boat. Right, so three of you on this huge boat. Plus, right, it's her birthday. She's going on a boat with her boyfriend. Obviously, they're going to have sex. It's a small boat. That means there's no masking from your kid, right? Your kid is going to hear you getting busy. Right, that doesn't sound like uh, the most ideal of trips, you know what I mean? Look, you want your, your daughter to meet your dude, go out for a meal, right? Go out for a meal, something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, just a recipe for disaster, this, you, without anything, you know, crazy happening. You know what I mean? There's so much there. But yeah, so they've gone away. And um, that's when everything kind of starts to spiral out of control. Now, I will say, when someone gets given something in a film early on, you know that thing is then going to be pivotable, pivot, pivotal, pivot, pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. I feel that is the word, right? It's going to be that at the end of the film. It's always the way, you know, they'll they'll focus on an item, you know, there's a thing about someone being given something, that's always going to, it's always going to factor in, right, which is the case, <laughs> it is the case. Now, it's one of those stories, but you, it seems like, well, I mean, you know something creepy is going to happen. You you just know, you know what I mean? Before anything else, like, 
going on this, do people going on this trip to Bermuda, right? Bermuda Triangle, all of that thing. So you know something's going to go down. And uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Now, there are numerous things in this film where you're just like, what? <laughs> like, huh? That doesn't seem to make any sense. Or it's just the overreaction to an incident. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that happening, especially at the beginning, right? Now, there's a bit when they, um, they, they get to an island and it's, see, everything seems fine at that point, right? But, I mean, well, there's one bit when you, like a life jacket isn't the, hardest thing to work out and you figure before you know there's instructions and all of this so there's an incident with a life jacket that just seems a bit like what <laughs> what's happening here but yeah so yeah on this island it's all fine and then we suddenly um have someone switch up <clears throat> switch up who they are, which it feels like a weird thing. Because at that point, you figure the person still needs help. So it's just a like, surely you would have waited before this thing happens. Right. And it also then once you find out like the idea of a certain plan, you figure, OK, so what was the trip? You know, like if you had this certain thing in mind, was the trip. Were you going to do something on that trip, you know, to do a certain thing? Like that's what you wonder, you know, after that point. But yeah. So now, back on the boat, right? Back on the boat, as soon as, like, because you can work out a film by when certain things are happening. So if something looks too good way before the end, you know it's not going to be that. So, yeah, there's this thing and you just, you automatically understand that, oh, okay, I figure what happens here will be, you know? And yes, yes, that is the thing that goes down, right? Now, I think there's things with this because, again, we get this next big shift in the tone of the film. Big shift in the tone of the film. I will point out, um, Rose is wearing a greenish kind of T-shirt, which you feel that that was deliberate, right? You kind of think, oh, let's put her in a Lara Croft-coloured kind of top, right, to invoke 
that character kicking ass, right? That's what I feel happened with this. But the only problem is we have that situation with fights, right? Where people seem to discredit what a blow to the head can do. You know, like after years of boxing and now MMA on TV, right? We know. Plus, if anyone's ever hit their head, right, fallen over, hit their head, anything like that, you get that you're kind of fucked, right? There's no, you know, just going about your business. You're, you're just dazed and all of this kind of thing. So if a grown man headbutts a girl, yeah, that's going to be problematic. You're not just running or just doing much after that. You're going to be completely gone. As the same with going down the stairs, which, you know, for years when I was younger, I thought falling down the stairs was just like, eh. I mean, I did it so much. Then you you see something where someone breaks their neck falling down, and you're just like, well, no, that can't. Then you realize, yes, yes, that can happen. That's not just a, you know, odd coincidence. People break their neck falling down the stairs all the time. And there's definitely ways where if you fall like that, you are more likely to break your neck. So there is a bit with stairs, and you do think, yeah, a neck would have been broken after that one. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, uh, yeah, just a little bit. And, you know, we have someone that hasn't used the gun a lot. Suddenly, a crack shot. But, right, you have them being a crack shot with a gun to then suddenly hesitating. And you just think, who's hesitating at that point? Right? After everything, you're trying to tell me that someone is going to be like, <gasps> no. No, now you understand they're trying to build tension, but it just doesn't necessarily make any sense, right? So it's a film that seems to take three different turns, three distinct sharp turns in what it's showing itself to be, which you know that can all be fine, but the story is just a little ludicrous, right? Just a little ludicrous. You just go, no, <laughs> I'm not buying that, yo. Ain't buying that gonna happen, you know? <laughs> right, the the cast, it's fine. Like, you, you just have a, a lot of things that are a little, you know, they're not that believable. So certain reactions from our, our our cast, you don't really buy. <coughs> oh dear, sorry people. 
yeah, you don't necessarily buy, you know, those reactions. You're like, hold on a second. Wait, you're telling us that? I don't know. I'm not sure about that one, you know? But, you know, it's one of those films where you just, you don't think, right? You would just let it play and go, okay, all right, fine. You know? It's not a film where you're just going to be like, yo, this was incredible. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would say, if you enjoyed stuff like, um, oh God, what was that what we watched recently? It was, um, oh, it was that wedding one, right? Uh, well, there's the, there's a film called Assassin with Bruce Willis, right? So there's that one. The best, the best man, that's it. If you enjoyed those films, then Dangerous Waters will work for you, you know? I, I think that's a good way of gauging it. Because otherwise, yeah, anything else is, a, as I said, it's just, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> It's just kind of unbelievable in a lot of the incidents that go down, you know. <laughs> but if you want to see a young girl, you know, take her, take destiny into her own hands and survive, then, uh, yeah, maybe Dangerous Waters is for you. So it will be hitting a VOD near you on Friday the 13th of October, okay? So, yeah, if you like those kind of mindless action films, right? They're the type of action film that used to go straight to DVD back in the day, right? Then Dangerous Waters will be, yeah, will be just your ticket, so, um, yeah, I think that is uh, a fair benchmark, people, so make of it what you will. Okay, people, it is coming up to that fantastic time of year, right, the BFI London Film Festival, and this is the 67th edition, yo, you know what I mean? That's a lot. And we've covered a good few of them on Echo Chamber. Unfortunately, missed last year with illness. But, hey, fingers crossed, all is looking good for this year. So the festival starts on Wednesday, the 4th of October, running to Sunday, the 15th. Right? It will comprise of a host of galas. And it starts off on the opening night with Saltburn. Um, we then have the closing night gala, which is The Kitchen. You know what I mean? Um, 
The American Express Gala is One Life. The headline gala is All of Us Strangers. We have another headline gala, which is The Bike Riders. Um, another is The Book of Clarence. The Mayor of London's gala is Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. The Connard Gala is The Holdovers. They, another headline gala is The Killer. Another is Killers of the Flower Moon and Maestro. Right, we have May, December, Nyad, and Poor Things. So, hey, this is definitely one to uh, pay attention to, especially when thinking about this, right? So, um, it says Saltburn. This is directed and written by Emerald Fennell. You know, it's starring Barry Keown, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, and Richard E. Grant. So, as well as the opening night, it will be playing on the 5th of October and Sunday, the 8th of October. Okay. Our closing night gala, The Kitchen. This one is. Directed by Kibi Tavez and Daniel Kalua, written by Kalua and Joe Malta. Right, it's starring Kane Robinson, Jediah Bannerman, Hope Ikpokui Jr., Taiji Cabs, and Demi Ladipu. Okay, so um, one life. This one is directed by James Hawes, written by Nick Drake and Lucinda Coxon, starring Anthony Hopkins, Johnny Flynn, Helena Bottomer Carter. Right, we have All of Us Strangers, which is directed by Andrew Ha, uh, written, oh, and he writes it as well. It's starring Andrew Scott, Paul Mascal, Jamie Bell, and Claire Foy. Okay. The Bike Riders is the new film from Jeff Nichols, who co-writes with Danny Lynn. It is starring Jodie Corner, Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Michael Shannon, and Mike Feist. Um... The Book of Clarence, this, oh, I'm so looking forward to this, is written and directed by the incredible James Samuel, who did Harder They Fall, right? I am starring a few of those cats as well. So we got Lakeith Stanfield, Omar Sy, RJ Cypher, James McAvoy, and Anna Diop. Um, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget is directed by Sam Fell, written by Kerry Kirkpatrick, John O'Farrell, and Rachel Tunard. We have The Holdovers, which is directed by Alexander Payne, written by David Hemmingson, starring Paul Gimotti, Divine Joy Rudolph, and Dominic Sessa. There is the killer, which people, it is the new David Fincher joint, written by Andrew Kevin Walker, starring Michael Fassbender, Arlise Howard, 
Charles Parnell, Sophie Charla, and Tilda Swinton. Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, need I say more? Martin Scorsese writes, well, directs and co-writes with Eric Roth. It's starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, and Jesse Plemons. We have Maestro, right? This one is directed by Bradley Cooper, who co-writes with Josh Singer. He also stars along with Carrie Mulligan, Matt Boomer, Maya Hawke, and Sarah Silverman. May, December is um, the new outing from Todd Haynes, written by Sani, Sammy Birch, starring Natalie Portman, Juliana Moore, and Charles Melton. Uh, Nyad, right? This is uh, directed by Elizabeth Cha Vashelli and Jimmy Chin. And oh, they're the duo behind Free Solo, right? It's written by Julia Cox, starring Annette Benning, Jodie Foster, and Reese Ifines. And Poor Things, right? This is the um, new film from Yagos Lafimos, written by Tony McNama, uh, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, William Defoe, and Rami Youssef. Okay, so plenty to look forward to there. We have a um, number of themic strands, right, which the films are in, and you can search via um, that way if there's certain themes that you enjoy watching, right? So there is love, there is debate, we've got laugh, we have dare, frill, cult, journey, create, experimenta, and a shorts program. Oh, as well as family, can't forget family, treasures, right, which are old films brought back. So there's the documentary strand, the LGBTQIA plus titles, um, UK titles, series, because they show there's a few TV series where episodes are being shown, right? And expanded, which uh, is looking very interesting. So along with this, we have special presentations, right? These have The Boy and the Heron, the new studio, Ghibli, Cobweb. Um, there's the BFI patron special presentation, The End We Start From. Okay, Fallen Leaves, Foe. Um, series special presentation, Grime Kids. Okay, that is from the writer of Rocks. Okay, Hitman, which, um, yeah. BFI Flair Special Presentation, Housekeeping for Beginners. There's Less Indesirables, uh, Memory, Documentary Special Presentation, Occupied City, the new Steve McQueen joint, right, looking at the Holocaust. There is Priscilla, the new Sophie Capella, um, and the Zone of interest. So people, there is so much, so much 
to look forward to this festival, right? All the links are on the website, right? So go there and yeah, we will be covering it on Echo Chamber. So make sure you keep an eye out, right? Bookmark the um, YouTube page, you know, subscribe to the podcast, share with your peoples because we will have everything. The ticket links will be there, you know, and I will give you my honest opinions on everything that I get to see. So people, Mark it down, the 4th to the 15th of October, the 67th BFI London Film Festival. Okay, people, so part one is coming to a close. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. So it looks like the Finn Man film franchise is getting rebooted, right? The original films, well, the original came out in 1934, right? And it spawned five sequels and a TV series. So Lucky Chap and Plan B, they're the, stu- the, the production houses from Margaret Robbie and Brad Pitt, they have acquired the rights to um, jointly produce new stuff in this uh, in this franchise, right? No one's attached to direct star or anything like that. That's just the news, right? And it's the film was based on the book series from Dashiell Hammett. Okay, so now if you were a fan of the 2022 animated film The Good Guys, then you might be happy to hear that a prequel is coming. And when I say a a prequel is coming, I mean... Not that far away, people. On the 30th of November, Netflix have announced that the bad guys, a very bad holiday, will be dropping on the platform, okay? So it's just a short, right, 23 minutes. Um, But, you know, shorts are good. You can see shorts are good, right? So in this new story set before the events of the first film, right? Um, The gang are planning to execute a citywide holiday heist, but when Christmas is unexpectedly cancelled, they must do the unthinkable, reignite the city's holiday spirit by giving instead of taking. Hmm. So, um, Michael Godier is going to be voicing Mr. Wolf. Ezekiel Ajebi is Mr. Shark. Ryle Celebilos is Mr. Piranha. Chris Diamantiopoulos is Mr. Snake. Mallory Lowe is um, Miss Tarantula. Zara Fazel is Tiffany Blue fit. Um, 
Keith Silverstein is Gary. Shaved Ice Vendor Carrie Walgreen is DJ Trudy Tude. So um, Brett Holland is directing. Um, and Catherine Nolfi is executive producing. So, uh, yeah, there you go, people. There you go. Now, The Rocketeer, right? That 1991 great film. Really enjoyed the hell out of that one, man. You know, Bruce, Billy, Billy Campbell, Jennifer Colony, Alan Arkin, great Alan Arkin, and Timothy Dalton all um, did their thing in that one. Joe Johnson, right? It was um, that film that got him um, the uh, Captain America gig, supposedly, right? But, you know, talk on a new installment has been swirling for a long time, a long time. But it seems a new writer has been hired, Eugene Ash, right? He's going to be penning the reboot. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess we need to get over the actor's strike before a cast is thrown in there. But we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Um, now, Michael Mann last year, was it last year or earlier this year? I mean, it was recently, right? He wrote Heat 2 with Meg Gardner, right? And um, everyone was wondering, is he going to actually turn this into a film? The answer is yes. Right, so he's at at the moment out promoting Ferrari, and um, yeah, he has stated that Heat 2 will be his next film. So if you read the book and you really dug it, and obviously, you know, I think so many people love the first film that, yeah, this will be good news for you people. Okie dokie. And talking about the writer's strike, yes, it is finally over. So, out of everyone asked, 8,435 people said, let's ratify. 90 said no. I would be curious to know why those 90 did say no. You know what I mean? But it Thankfully, puts an end to this long-ass strike, man. Five months. It seems crazy, right? The deal runs from the 25th of September, 2023, to the 31st of May, 2026. And, uh, yeah, it answers all of those things on AI, residuals, writer's room, all of that stuff. So, boy, that is good news. And let's go out on this one. Um, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it sounds kind of goofy. This one, I got to say, it sounds a little goofy, but 
you know, it's it's that classic actioner, right? So there's a new film coming called Cleaner, right? It stars Daisy Ridley and Sanj and uh, Taz Skyler, right? It's been directed by Martin Campbell, and um, it will be about right radical activists that take over an energy company's annual gala at london's Dushard. their cause is hijacked by a zealous extremist ready to murder everyone in the building but luckily daisy ridley's character is an ex-soldier turned window cleaner who is the only one who can save those trapped inside take down the killers and bring the corrupt energy moguls to justice. <laughs> hey, it sounds goofy, doesn't it? Right? But, you know, no much more than uh, stuff like, uh, was it Skyscraper? <laughs> Rampage and all of them ones. Right? So, yeah, people, that is it for part one. But come back for part two because we have we look at this new indie film that was really good and have a conversation with the gentleman behind it all. So until then, peace. peace.